It is day four of Daftalad. We are holding the Gemara on Daftalad on base nine lines down from the top of the page. We've been learning about Balta Acher. The Torah says, Kisidor Neder When a person makes a vow to Akalash Baruch Hu, do not delay the payment. And if a person delays the payment a certain amount of time, he's transgressed his biblical prohibition. How much time does a person have to fulfill his vow? That was a five-way dispute between different Tanoim in the price that we quoted yesterday. We're going to go through it in a bit more detail today. The Gemara is going to give the reason for each of these Tanoim and what things are subject to the prohibition. The price listed yesterday multiple different voluntary offerings, obligatory offerings, different tithes that a person has to bring and different sacrifices. A person has a certain amount of time. And the amount of time a person has is linked to the festivals. Because bearing in mind, in the times of the temple, people would go to the Beis Hamikdash to Yerushalayim three times a year, on Shavuos, Pesach, Sukkot, and therefore that was the most obvious time for them to bring their sacrifices, their offerings, to the Beis Hamikdash. And therefore all the opinions are linked to these different festivals. So the Gemara continues, My time of the Tanakhama. What is the reason for the Tanakhama? Remember the first opinion we learnt in the Brisa yesterday said that once three festivals have passed in any order, doesn't matter whether Shavuos is the first one, Sukkot is the first one, Pesach is the first one, once you've had a full year of festivals, then you've transgressed the prohibition of Baal Ta'acher. What is the reason for the first view, the view of the Tanakhama? So in order to understand this view of the Tanakhama and indeed a couple of the other positions in the Tanoim, we have to look at some Sukkim in Dvorim. There's a set of Sukkim in Dvorim chapter 16, Test Zayim. The first eight psukim of the chapter are dedicated to Pesach. The next set of psukim 9 to 12 are dedicated to Shavuos. And the next set of psukim 13 to 15 are dedicated to Sukkot. In other words, the entire 15, first 15 psukim of this chapter of Torah is dedicated to the three festivals. First Pesach, then Shavuos, and then Sukkot. At the end of those psukim, in verse 16, the Torah says, Shalosh pa'amim bashana, three times a year. Your males should appear before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, before Hashem your God, in a place where he will choose. On the festival of Matzah, on Pesach, on the festival of Shavuos, and on the festival of Sukkos. And they, he shall not appear before Hashem empty-handed. So this is the Pasuk that follows all these verses about Pesach, Shavuos and Sukkos. So a couple of things we need to point out about this Pasuk that the Gemara is going to pick up on. First of all, if the Torah tells us three times a year the males have to appear before Hashem, don't we already know that we're talking about Pesach, Shavuos and Sukkot? We just had 15 Psukim talk to us explicitly about Pesach, Shavuos and Sukkot. And then the Pasuk says three times a year your men should appear before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why then does the Pasuk need to go on and say Isn't that obvious? We already know, we mentioned Pesach, Shavuos and Sukkot. Then the Torah says three times a year they should appear before Hashem. Why does it need to then repeat It seems these words are superfluous. The Gemara is going to pick up on the superfluous words to use those to teach us about the prohibition of not delaying bringing vows to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The second thing about this passage we have to point out is that they should not appear before Hashem empty-handed. Now, most simply speaking, that is a reference to the Ola Sra'iyah. The Ola offering of appearance that we spent, for those of us learnt Chagiga with the Sydney Kolal, will remember the Ola Sra'iyah, the Ola offering of appearance that has to be brought on the festivals when the Jewish people come to Yerushalayim. However, this passage could also be telling us that when you come to Jerusalem and you have vows that have accrued over time, you should bring those vows to Jerusalem 
Do not appear empty-handed. Bring your vows with you. So this Pasuk is telling us something about Baal about not delaying vows. It's telling us that on the festivals you should bring your vows. And we've got the superfluous words. What are we going to do with those words? So with that background we can go into the Gemara. What is the reason of the Tanakhama? Why does the Tanakhama say you can have three festivals in any order and then you've transgressed the prohibition? Mechti. Let's see. Minayu Solik. The Torah has just finished discussing the three pilgrimage festivals. It spent 15 psukim discussing the three pilgrimage festivals. So why then does it need to repeat itself and say, It told us all about the three festivals. Then it said, Why does it need to repeat? You learn from this that it must be with respect to the commandment not to delay your offerings, not to delay your vows, that the entirety of three festivals have to pass before you are liable for delaying your vows. And as I said, that's why the Torah says, He should not appear empty-handed. He should bring his vows to the temple. Once he's passed three festivals, he transgressed the prohibition of Baal That is the reason of the first author of the Brysa. Three festivals pass in any order and you transgress the prohibition. For Rabbi Shimon, what about Rabbi Shimon? So Rabbi Shimon's view was that three festivals in their order and Pesach is the first one. In other words, you only transgress the prohibition when you've had Pesach, then Shavuos, then Sukkot. And Rabbi Shimon's was the view who we said yesterday could sometimes require you to go through five festivals before you transgress the prohibition. If you make a vow just before Shavuos, so then you have to go through Shavuos, then Sukkot, then Pesach, then Shavuos, then Sukkot. That's five festivals because you have to go through a full year of festivals with Pesach first. Why does Rabbi Shimon hold that? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon agrees that the Pasuk repeated to tell you something about when you transgress the prohibition of not delaying bringing your offerings. But he says, even in repeating those words, it did not need to repeat the words Chag Remember we said the first few psukim in the chapter are talking about Pesach, the next few psukim about Shavuos, the last few psukim about Sukkot, and then this Pesach comes along and says, We were just talking about Sukkot. The last few psukim were talking about Sukkot. So we already know that when this, whatever this Pesach says is going to tell us something about Sukkot. So the only festivals that we have to talk about now are Chagamatzas and Chagashavos. We don't need to repeat Sukkot. The phrasing Chagasukas is actually duplicative. The other two do need to be repeated and they're repeated to tell you something about Balta Acher. But Chagasukas doesn't need to be repeated. That was the subject of the very last section of the Psukim. Shabod of the Torah is already talking about Sukkot. Lama Neemar. So why was Sukkot mentioned? Loma Shazeachrin to teach you that this is the last one of the three festivals that have to pass before the prohibition against delaying is transgressed. In other words, the extra mention of Sukkot serves to teach us that its position at the end of the sequence is critical. The prohibition against delaying is only effective after the three festivals are passed in the sequence, Pesach, then Shavuos, then Sukkot. It has to be in the order that they appear in the Pasuk, and that's why Sukkot has to be repeated in the Pasuk, where it sits in the positioning, Pesach, Shavuos, and then Sukkot. The Gemara now examines the view of the third Tana, Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir, my time, what was Rabbi Meir's opinion? Rabbi Meir said you only have to go through one festival. Once you've gone through one festival, you've already transgressed Balta Acher. You have to bring the vow immediately at the first opportunity, the first festival, and if not, you've transgressed the prohibition of delaying. What's the reason? So Rabbi Meir goes to an entirely different Pasuk, not the same Pasuk that Tanakhama and Rabbi Shimon were learning from. He goes to another Pasuk. The Pasuk says in Dvorim, Uvasa Shama, Vahavei Sem Shama two different psukim next to each other, you shall come there to the temple and you shall bring there 
your vowed offerings. In other words, the juxtaposition of these psukim tells us that when you come to the temple, you have to bring your offerings. If you miss an opportunity to bring your offerings that you vowed when you come to the temple, even if you do it only once, you have transgressed the prohibition of delaying offering your offerings. So after only one visit, you, the prohibition kicks in. When you come, you have to bring your offerings. And that is the source according to Rimea that even if you only have one festival pass by you, you've transgressed the prohibition of Baal of not delaying bringing your offerings. The Gemara explains why the other Tanaim of the Brisa reject this source. For Rabbanon, what about the Rabbis? That Pasuk can't tell you anything about a prohibition. It just tells you you should bring the offerings on the first available opportunity. So it's true the other Rabbis say there would be the negation of a positive commandment if you didn't bring your offerings immediately. But that doesn't tell you that you've transgressed a negative prohibition. So they say to Rabbi Meir, we agree with you that you should bring it at the earliest available opportunity. But if you don't, you've only negated a positive commandment rather than transgressed a negative prohibition. Rabbi Meir, what about Rabbi Meir? He defends his position. He says, I say, since the Torah says you, once you made a vow, you have to bring your offering during the first festival. And a person didn't bring it immediately. So automatically he's subject to the violation of the commandment not to delay. In other words, the Torah phrases it in a positive commandment that you should bring it immediately. But it's implied that if you don't, that's when the prohibition of not delaying immediately kicks in. So that's the source of Rabbi Meir. The Gemara continues with the fourth Tana. What about Rabbi Lezab and Yaakov? He said, you have to go through two festivals before you transgress the prohibition of not delaying. The Torah says about the Musaf offerings of Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. These Musaf offerings you shall offer to Hashem on your appointed times. And the Torah says besides from your vowed offerings that you should also offer to Hashem on your appointed times. So your vowed offerings have to be offered on your appointed times. The Torah is telling you you have to bring them. What's mirt moadim? Shnaim and the minimum of moadechem, your appointed times in the plural, the minimum of plural is two. And therefore he says the prohibition against delaying, bringing your vowed offerings takes effect after two festivals. Verabonan, the Gemara says, what about the rabbis? Why do they not use this source? Hahu lechad they need this pasuk for Rabbi Yonah's teaching. The Amr Rabbi Yonah, Rabbi Yonah said, kulam The Musaf offerings of all the appointed times of Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos and Yom Tov and Yom Kippur, etc. were compared to one another to teach us that they all atone for Tumah violations of the Temple and its holy things. In other words, we have in one location that the goat chattas brought on Rosh Chodesh, the Torah specifically says that it atones for the sin of eating sacrificial food that is Tameh. And we have another explicit source that the goat chattas offerings of the other holidays atone for various transgressions that involve a tummy person who entered the temple courtyard or ate sacrificial food that is tahor. So we have specific sources for specific kapara, for specific atonements of specific Muslim offerings. The fact that they're all juxtaposed, they're all put together in one pasuk tells us that all the Musaf offerings are hukash, are connected together, that they all atone for the same things. They all atone for tumor violations and of the temple and its holy things. That they all atone for both the categories. They all atone for a Tahara person who ate Tame sacrificial food and they all atone for a Tame person who ate Tahara sacrificial food or entered the temple courtyard. The Gemara now brings the fifth opinion. For Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon, my Tama, what's the reason for Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon? What did he say? Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon said, Kivin Chaga Once you've gone past Sukkos, then you transgress the prohibition of Balta Acher. 
you have to go through Sukkot. That is the only one and the key one. The Tanya, as we learn in the following Brisa, Rebelezer Rabbi Shimon and Rebelezer Rabbi Shimon says, Lo yom machagat Sukkot, Shabo Dibir Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov says something similar to Rabbi Shimon, that Sukkot is the only one that's really superfluous, because the Psukim were already talking about Sukkot. Shavuos and Pesach were not really superfluous, they really needed to be repeated. But Sukkot was really superfluous, and therefore he says, to teach us that this festival causes the prohibition to take effect, even if no other festivals have passed. So he learns the Pasuk differently to Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon said it was to teach us that we have to have them in order. Sukkot has to be the last one in the order of three. You have to go through all three, starting with Pesach, then Shavuos, then Sukkot. Whereas along comes Rabbi Shimon and says, no, it's coming to teach us that you only need to go past Sukkot. You only need to go through one festival to transgress the prohibition of delaying, but that festival has to be Sukkot. Now these are the five opinions. The Gemara is going to continue to discuss them tomorrow. I wish you a very good day.